Hello. <laughs> Today's reading is taken from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 39, read from the message. Don't throw it all away. So, friends, we can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God, into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our, our priest before God. The curtain into God's presence is his body. So let's do it, full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out and not avoiding worshipping together, as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. If we give up and turn our backs on all that we've learnt, all we've been given, all the truth we now know, we reject Christ's sacrifice and are left on our own to face the judgment and a mighty fierce judgment it will be. If the penalty for breaking the law of Moses is physical death, what do you think will happen if you turn on God's Son, spit on the sacrifice that made you whole, and insult this most gracious spirit? This is no light matter. God has warned us that he'll hold us to account and make us pay. He was quite explicit. Vengeance is mine, and I won't overlook a thing. And God will judge his people. Nobody's getting by with anything, believe me. Remember those early days after you first saw the light? Those were the hard times. Kicked around in public, targets of every kind of abuse. Some days it was you, and other days your friends. If some friends went to prison, you stuck by them. If some enemies broke in and seized your goods, you let them go with a smile, knowing they couldn't touch your real treasure. Nothing they did bothered you. Nothing set you back. So don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing, but you need to stick it out, staying with God's plan so that you'll be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. But if anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust, if he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. But we're not quitters who lose out. Oh no, we'll stay with it and survive trusting all the way. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the gift of your word and for gathering us here today to have fellowship with one another. Please be with Math as he preaches your word. And please open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to hear the message that you've given him so that we might be encouraged and blessed going into this week. Amen. 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 Thanks, Vic. Do you ever buy something, some maybe something DIY, and it has instructions... But when you read them, you still don't understand how to put it up or, or what to do. Um, so then maybe you ask someone who's maybe already had it, and, and you ask them, oh, how did you do this? I didn't understand that. Or, um, or now, I don't know about you, but I tend to watch a YouTube video. Anyone do that? So you tend to watch a YouTube video to have a visual, visual example. I'm not very good with, with uh, lists, so a visual example really helps me. Me and my dad, we, we, when we were in Swansea, had a garden shed. And both of us are pretty good at DIY. Uh, but literally, it took us all day to put up this garden shed, like 10 solid hours 
with all these instructions, and so I never want to pull out the shed again with that. Uh, and we've been going through a, a New Testament book, uh, but it's been mainly written to Jesus' followers who were Jews, so they're known as Messianic Jews, Jews who believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So sometimes it may have felt like when we're reading or going through it, sometimes it may feel like there are instructions that we don't really understand. Uh, so to help us this morning, I'm just going to show a really short video, which you will see helps us with some of the readings. And uh, I was reading the message paraphrase this week myself to help me understand, and I, thought, I just thought it was really helpful. So for t today, I'm just going to uh, share these words to the message paraphrase. But watch this video, and if you have the verses in front of you, it will help. So Hebrews 10, 19 to 39, keep them open. But watch this video, and hopefully it will help us as we start things. of the temple veil being torn in two when Jesus died. During the lifetime of Jesus, the holy temple in Jerusalem was the center of Jewish religious life. The temple was the place where animal sacrifices were carried out and worship according to the law of Moses was followed faithfully. Hebrews 9... What was the significance of the temple veil being torn in two when Jesus died? During the lifetime of Jesus, the holy temple in Jerusalem was the center of Jewish religious life. The temple was the place where animal sacrifices were carried out, and worship, according to the law of Moses, was followed faithfully. Hebrews 9, 1-9 tells us that in the temple, a veil separated the Holy of Holies, the earthly dwelling place of God's presence, from the rest of the temple where men dwelt. This signified that man was separated from God by sin. Only the high priest was permitted to pass beyond this veil once each year to enter into God's presence for all of Israel and make atonement for their sins. Solomon's temple was 30 cubits high, but Herod had increased the height to 40 cubits according to the writings of Josephus, a first century Jewish historian. There is uncertainty as to the exact measurement of a cubit, but it is safe to assume that the veil was somewhere near 60 feet high. An early Jewish tradition says that the veil was about 4 inches thick, but the Bible does not confirm that measurement. The book of Exodus teaches that the thick veil was fashioned from blue, purple, and scarlet material and fine-twisted linen. The size and the thickness of the veil make the events occurring at the moment of Jesus' death on the cross so much more momentous. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So, what do we make of this? What significance does this torn veil have for us today? Above all, the tearing of the veil at the moment of Jesus' death dramatically symbolized that his sacrifice, the shedding of his own blood, was a sufficient atonement for sins. It signified that now the only way into the Holy of Holies was open for all people, for all time, both Jew and Gentile. When Jesus died, the veil was torn, and God moved out of that place never again to dwell in a temple made with hands. God was through with that temple and its religious system, and the temple and Jerusalem were left desolate, destroyed by the Romans in A.D. 70, just as Jesus prophesied in Luke 13.35. 
As long as the temple stood, it signified the continuation of the Old Covenant. Hebrews 9, 8-9 refers to the age that was passing away as the New Covenant was being established. In a sense, the veil was symbolic of Christ himself as the only way to the Father. This is indicated by the fact that the high priest had to enter the Holy of Holies through the veil. Now Christ is our superior high priest, and as believers in his finished work, we partake of his better priesthood. We can now enter the Holy of Holies through him. Hebrews 10, 19-20 says that the faithful enter into the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. Here we see the image of Jesus' flesh being torn for us, just as he was tearing the veil for us. The veil being torn from top to bottom is a fact of history. The profound significance of this event is explained in glorious detail in Hebrews. The things of the temple were shadows of things to come, and they all ultimately point us to Jesus Christ. He was the veil to the Holy of Holies, and through his death the faithful now have free access to God. The veil in the temple was a constant reminder that sin renders humanity unfit for the presence of God. The fact that the sin offering was offered annually and countless other sacrifices repeated daily showed graphically that sin could not be truly atoned for or erased by mere animal sacrifices. Jesus Christ, through his death, has removed the barriers between God and man, and now we may approach him with confidence and boldness. And so from that video, listen to these. So friends, we can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God, into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our high priest. The curtain into God's presence is his body. So let's do it, full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how in inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. Because of Jesus, we can approach God in a way where before, if we had dared to go into the Holy of Holies, it would have literally have killed people. The high priest had to have a, a rope around his body just in case he did something wrong because the awesome presence of God. Like if you see it, even in it recently, isn't it? Like the, the, the storms with all the, the wind and the waves and all, all the crash, crash, crashing of that. Standing in that would possibly end people's lives, but the Holy of Holies was the presence of God. And so if you walked into that by in arrogance or by mistake, they would automatically, so powerfully, just end a human life. And because of Jesus, he became sin. So that curtain then that separated people from God, if you like, Jesus was a picture that was a picture of sin, but also Jesus took on our sin. And the, the curtain was torn in two, 60 foot, four, potentially four inches long. I can't even rip a hand towel. And for this was not ripped even from 
bottom to top where man gets to God. This was ripped from top to bottom to show in that God wants a relationship with human beings and that Jesus took on that sin and that has been ripped apart. And now the Holy of Holies is accessible to all. And so because of Jesus, we can walk into God's office without even knocking on His door. We can walk into God's office without even knocking on His door. I'm not sure if anyone here has got an office in work or an office at home. Um, And maybe it's just me, but my office is upstairs. But I quite like, I don't know why, maybe it's old-fashioned, I don't know, but I quite like it when people knock on my door to come in the office. I'm not quite sure, but I quite like it if someone's knocking on the door. Um, maybe I've got, I'm doing something or I'm with someone and it's sensitive. Or if someone's knocking, I want to finish off a piece of work before opening the door. So if someone just comes in and interrupts or starts talking, it throws me or I might be in a sensitive situation. So if someone knock, does, walks into my office and they don't knock, my immediate reaction is annoyance. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm kind of like, I'm kind of annoyed if someone's kind of does that. Even if I put a smile on my face, I'm kind of annoyed. And even if, even if sometimes Becky might do it on accident and I'm with uh, someone or doing something, then I'd be like, oh, come on, love. I just give us a knock. But uh, even the other day, I was with, with a couple and we were, we were talking. It was quite sensitive. And then the doors open up. It's a massive noise. And all of a sudden, this room is full of life with bags, coats, scooters just thrown everywhere. And these four young kids just come up to me and just say, all right, Dad. And then uh, and they just kind of look around, start going through my stuff. I'm, I'm with these two people. They, the, the people are loving it, but they, 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 they just kind of walk in. Oh, Dad, Theo just comes and gives me a hug. The other boys are kind of start going through my stuff, or yeah, and just comes and sits next to me, just like, and and you kind of think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> but because they're my boys, they can just walk into my office and not knock, because for them, this isn't Dad's office, this is my office. Like for them, it's like this is my dad. Like I get to do this. I get to walk in. I get, I get access to this whenever I want. So this is not like my dad's office. If anything, this is my office. And I'm going to just kind of walk in and out of this. And could it be that we get to do that with God, where we have such, because of Jesus, it's almost like the knocker is taken off. We don't even need to knock, where we can, we can walk into God's office and he sees us like, like I would see my boys. Don't get me wrong, like if my boys came in and disrespected or just rubbish and thing, then I'm going to speak to them. I'm going to, have a, I'm going to have a word with them. Just like we don't act disrespectfully before God. But when, he, when we open the door to go into God's office, instead of annoyance or why didn't they knock or how dare they, would he see us like, oh, wow, my boys are here. Like my boys here, I love it when they, when they come. I love it when they're in with me. And because of Jesus... We have that extra access to God's office, to go into the Holy of Holies, to go in and relax with him. And that's what he wants for all of us. And if you don't know Jesus, then you can't do that right now, but that's what he wants for you. He wants you to be able to 
go into the presence of God and to be comfortable and for him to enjoy being with you and you being with him. And we'd love to pray for you if that's not reality for you. And so he starts off with those amazing words. But look, the, he's saying the, next, the very next words, he's saying this to the same people. So he's just said that, but then he says these very next words. But if we give up and turn our backs on all we've learned, all we've been given, all the truth we now know, we reject Christ's sacrifice and are left on our own to face the judgment. And a mighty, fierce judgment it will be. If the penalty for breaking the law of Moses is physical death, what do you think will happen if you turn on God's Son, spit on the sacrifice that made you whole, and insult this most gracious spirit? This is no light matter. God has warned us that he'll hold us to account and make us pay. He was ex quite explicit. Vengeance is mine, and I won't overlook a thing. And God will judge his people. Nobody's getting by with anything, believe me. Like This is very strong and startling words, isn't it, from such a great introduction to then go straight into this warning for these people who Christ has done all that for. He warns these people really strongly and harshly. And in the Old Testament, the law of Moses came for the law of the land. It was the moral law, and it was to protect life. It was to show people how to live life, how to, after they've come out of slavery from Egypt for hundreds of years, this is how I want my God's people to act, to love one another, to care for one another. But there was also, um, there was also results to those laws being broken. If it was broken, then there could be banishment or uh, what we'd call jail or, or, or going away or having to pay back. But some, some breaking of the law, like death, would result in, in, in death themselves. And so this sin, uh, the, the, the sin is the result of breaking law, but the, the law also then showed how much we break the law, how much we are sinful. And sin and this breaking of the law ends in physical death. But now in the New Testament, what Jesus, after what Jesus has done, and to these people who had believed in the Old Testament, who had had this tradition of that, but now had met Jesus, this was now way bigger. He's saying Jesus, who has fulfilled Moses' law, and can, who can now give you eternal life, not because of the law, because he's fulfilled it and you're trusted in Jesus. But if you walk away from him, like, if you walk away from this, you spit on his face. You spit on his sacrifice. And the result is eternal separation. Like, eternal separation. So, it, like, when I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, is, so is God some kind of, like, dangerous drug dealer gang lord that gives you a free hit to kind of get you in the gang? But then if you choose to leave the gang, like he'll get you, or his boys will get you, and so then you're forced to stay in the gang forever out of fear, and you can never walk away. Like, does that come to mind? Maybe because I've watched a bit through too many documentaries, that kind of comes to mind. Is, is this the way things are? But no, he's, that's not the truth. He's just given us a reality check. If we choose to trust something else, 
this is what will happen. If we choose to trust Jesus, then he, we can walk straight up to God in God's office. But if we choose to trust something else, whether that's the previous law or a different um, religion or even ourselves, then we're spitting on the sacrifice that Jesus has gone through for us. Heaven and hell for me simply is with or without Jesus. That's kind of how uh, I, I picture heaven and hell. hell. Heaven is for people who want to be with Jesus. Hell is for people who choose without Jesus. But this isn't just like some light. Hell is not uh, life on earth without Christians. Like that's not what hell is. Hell is eternity away from good, away from God, away from everything that is good in this world because God is good. And heaven is for people who want to be with Jesus, who accept his offering, accept his sacrifice, and our trust is in him. And so they, the, the, the writer here is saying, look, you've accepted this. He's given you all of this. But if you walk away from this, no, you're, you're walking away from eternity with God. And if any of us get into that stage or know someone there, or maybe if you're in a place where Actually, you're not on that stage, but you're struggling to get through each day. Maybe today is difficult, and maybe you can't even think about tomorrow. The writer then encourages, encourages us to remember, to look back, to remember. So if you're on this place or you know someone in this place, then he's saying, remember, look back. Or if you're struggling with today or tomorrow, again, the writer is asking you to remember, to look back. Because he says this, and look, at the, look what these people have given up. Look what these people have already done. It says, remember those early days after you first saw the light. Those were the hard times. He's saying, you think that you're in a hard time now? Like, those were the hard times. Kicked around in public. Targets of every kind of abuse. Some, some days it was you. Other days your friends. If some friends went to prison, you stuck by them. If some enemies broke in and seized your goods, you let them go with a smile, knowing they couldn't touch your real treasure. Nothing they did bothered you. Nothing set you back. So don't throw it all away now. You were sure, sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out. Stay in with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. Like these people have been through a lot, haven't they? They've given up a lot. They've stuck with Jesus through many hard times. And hand on our heart, there's not many people in, our, in this room who have maybe been to prison or have had houses broken in or shamed because of our faith. In that, but we've we have, we've all been through different things. We've all stood for Christ in different ways. We've all been through different battles. And the Old Testament is a story of how God made a promise to people, and how people continually rebelled, but how God continued with His promise and continued with His people. And it's this love story, this broken love story, many times but how God continues with the promise he made to Abraham and his people that they will be his people. And it's this journey of that. And Jesus is then the ultimate fulfillment of that promise, that God 
God the Son would become a man and would step into our shoes and not just make this something for Jews only, but for also Gentiles, which means non-Jews, and this can be for everyone. So our, our future can be secure because what happened 2,000 years ago on the cross because of Jesus. And so if today or tomorrow is too hard, may I encourage you to go back. If you're thinking of giving up, may I encourage you to go back. If you can't really think of what the future holds or you're struggling where I'm going to be in five years' time, may I encourage you to go back and also to just have the, have the certainty and the security that even if I don't know what the future holds, I know Jesus is coming back. I know he's coming back. I know this life is temporary, but I know he's got me. So even if I don't know what today or tomorrow is, I know Jesus is either coming back or when my life ends, like I'm going to be resurrected with him. But until that time, sometimes we struggle with today and tomorrow. So the writer here is saying, like, look back. Remember everything you've been through. Remember all the people who you've built up. Remember all the people you've encouraged. But also remember all the people who have encouraged you, who have built you up. And also don't just remember yourself. Remember all the people who sacrificed for you. Because in, in the Genesis story especially, when people met with God, when God spoke to them, or when they saw something significant in their lives, they would gather some stones and just make almost just a little uh, mountain of stones, just a little hill of stones. And they, that would be memories then of, that, oh yeah, I can remember when God spoke to me then. Oh yeah, that was the, the ladder to heaven. And so, and they, or they called it a special place. And they had those memories, those moments when they saw those stones, like, yeah, I can remember now what God said to me then, or what he said to me then, or what he did then. Our modern-day equivalent is photos. <laughs> like, that's what our modern-day equivalent is, is photo. Anyone still got a photo box in the house? Yeah? We don't print them out, 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 out as much now, do we? So, photo box. But the great thing is, as well, is, like, whether you use Google or iPhone or whatever, your photos now, they, they store for years, don't they? So I encourage you, go back and remember the goodness of God. I did this last night, okay? It took me about 10 minutes, and there were so many of them, I had to only pick a few. But just remembering the goodness of God, to look back and remember the goodness of God. So this is when, I'd like to think I haven't changed much really, but uh, this is when I, when I was 18, okay? So this is when... I became a Christian. This is when I was a, bro a broken man. I tried everything else in life, and I, and I was a pride, prideful, selfish man, but I gave my life to Jesus, and he changed my life. 18 years old, and I need to remember that. When I was 18, when I was my lowest, he lifted me up. I need to remember that. Have a picture of yourself that you need to remember when he picked you up. Then these people... Steve and Christine, amazing people. They effectively took me in to live with them for three years. My parents and my parents-in-law aren't, aren't there. They are obvious people. Although I couldn't find a picture of my parents. I did ask them to send me a picture of uh, them with, with, with me holding a baby, but they, uh, they, didn't, they didn't have it. But these, three, these two people effectively took me in. And I did a gap year with them, got involved in youth work, 
He was a youth worker in the church, started doing a youth work degree. Christine made the, the best lasagna ever. I still remember that. I'm remembering that. But these people influenced my life. If I walk away from them, if I walk away from the Lord, I walk away from everything they've input in my life. For those three years that they give me my life sacrificed for me. And then this is our first ever photo, me and Becky, when we, when we started going out together. Oh, it feels like 15 years ago now, 16 years ago. So this is my ever first. And, and Becky, she, she was waiting for a man of God. She was waiting for someone, not just who, would, who was obviously unbelievably attractive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was waiting for a man of character. She was waiting for a man who wanted to pursue God. And, and trust me, she had a lot more offers than me. <laughs> but hopefully, and, and I still am indebted to her because she's been an unbelievably faithful wife, but everything she's given me and, um, and her family that have brought her up. And so she took a chance on me and... 15 years later, we're, we're still together. But I remember the, the goodness of God in giving me Becky and still today. And these are some people that we have invested in over the years. This is our church family where we're in Swansea. And uh, many people, if you think about it, when you start going through your photos, you'll realize like you've been influenced by hundreds of people hundreds of people, and also you've, you've influenced hundreds of people. You might not think it, but you have. And remembering those people who have influenced you, and remembering the influence you have had on people. And like, this is all for Jesus. And he's saying, don't throw that up. Don't throw that up. Like, look back. Remember. And so these are some people there. And then this is when we started having the boys, and uh, the the four gifts that we have in boys, this is Yayan and Lewis. And so that's when God gave me the responsibility of being a dad and raising up another generation of, of, of hopefully boys that will love him and the gifts. And so I need to remember that, why I'm a dad and the reasons for that. This is when I worked uh, next to Swansea Mosque and um, worked with... Uh, uh, my Muslim colleagues, actually my boss there is now the trial commissioner of Wales, Rocio. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so that was a great time for three years, working amongst Muslims, sharing my faith. And my only desire was to work there was to share Jesus. That's why I did it, is to share Jesus, is to, to share Jesus to people who didn't believe him or had a different view of him. And even then, when I was there, I've told you the story before, that's when I started my theology training. They funded me to start my theology training, which is another story, which is amazing. And then I ended up getting a degree in theology. And, um, and so, yeah, that was great. And, and that was a sacrifice. I started the, co the, the course, and I think we just had Yayan. And then literally in the last week, we just about to have Billy. <laughs> so, like, that was hard times, difficult times, but great times of sacrifice being, but remembering like all that we've been through, we've given up all of this, and gratefully so, because we give it all up for Jesus, because he's given it up for us, isn't he? But I need to remember all these things, of these things that I've got back. 
And then four years ago, this happened. And I don't come with the receipts. You can't give me back, okay, guys? But then four years ago, we joined you guys, and we're here, and we love being part of this family. We love being part of this town, this city, and sharing Jesus with that. And so for some of us, I just encourage us all to do that. Remember. I look back and remember. Remember the people who have influenced you, the people you have influenced, how God has had his hand over your life, how he's been kind and patient with you, and that he's given it all, he give it all up for you. And so this is just an offering. I'm, I'm not showing you this to say, like, oh, look how great I am. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying Jesus is worthy of it all, isn't he? He's worthy of it all. And so I just want to remember the faithfulness of God in my life. And so I encourage you to do that. And the final part is a reality check. Hold on. Keep the faith. He is coming back. Because this is what it says. Sorry, so it says, so do not throw away the confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward he will bring you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to, go, uh, to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised you. And this is what it ends with as well. It says, it won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs... I won't be very happy, but we're not quitters who lose out. Oh no, we'll stay with it and survive, trusting all the way. The band are going to come up now and just lead us in some more songs. And if in this time you want prayer, there's space at the front for people to pray with you. Or if you just want prayer with the person next to you, just ask them to pray with you, but if you don't know Jesus or are not confident into walking into God's office, like we'd love to pray for you for that. That He's done it all, so like He can delight in seeing you. So it's not just like an annoyance, or I've got a knock, or I've got to have a secret password. He delights in the praises of His people. He wants us to run into His arms, and He wants all of us to be a reality. If you're thinking about walking away, Talk to someone. Count the eternal cost. The writer is really strong. He uses really strong language there about like spitting on the face of Jesus, spitting on the sacrifice. Count the eternal cost. Please speak to someone if that's you. Or if today or tomorrow is hard, look back. Look back. Remember. Do that this afternoon. Get a photo box out while we're looking at your phone. Look back. Remember the faithfulness of God in your life that he's brought you through this because jesus is coming back this is temporary it might seem long it might seem hard but this is temporary jesus is coming back and so that's where we put our trust and our hope in if you're able to stand and worship but if you need prayer speak to the person next to you or this time this space to the front for us to pray for one another if we need that